Dear Bagel Basket listeners, how I love thee. Let me count the way. One one hundred, two one hundred. That's right. For my self-indulgent birthday month, we're kicking it off with Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. Writer's Bagel Basket. Remember me, Eddie? When I killed your brother, I talked just like Tear me apart, Lisa! David, do you take Patrick? Everything is going to be all right. I was thinking maybe the king and I. Uh, how about Oklahoma? I don't consider myself a particularly ethical person, but I am fair. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Kerland, and we are indeed kicking off my self-indulgent birthday month. And to celebrate my birthday with me watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a movie that I have seen over 75 times, Mr. Johnny Riley. Hey, Johnny. Hi, Scott. Happy birthday. Thank you. So, yeah, when you asked originally, this was going to be for May, and I was like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That that's what you picked. And I was like, no, that that's going to my birthday month because that's one of my favorite movies. I love it so much that even though it scared me as a kid, I would still watch it all the time. I love this movie too. I, I mean, I was rewatching this for this. I, 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 I posed this question to people at work, but I'm going to pose it now to you. Mm-hmm. What was more traumatizing? Uh, the shoe getting into the dip or uh in never ending story our taxes demise definitely the the dip shoe yeah because our tax doesn't do anything our tax is not like our tax is like suicidal and is like yeah just let me die just let I me mean, die my yeah my argument is like what did the shoe do to the judge yeah the shoe was just kind and was trying to like get a snuggle yeah and it was, it was like a puppy yeah, that's that's the noise that it makes that like kills me is when it's like no, sc- no, no, screaming. No. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone's like, Jesus, we're all okay with this. He just murdered somebody. Uh, uh, a person at work was like, but then like the shoe can come back and be redrawn. And I was like, we don't know. No, it's the not the same shoe. But it's like, like we don't under there yeah. is there is no artists. If you think right. about it, they're the Toontown is just existing. Right. Why don't you give us the blockbuster rule and then we'll jump right into this? The I'm sorry, what? Oh, oh, right. Um, back of the movie box. You're looking at the back of the movie box and you pick up Who Framed Roger Rabbit and it says... Um, hold on. I just, I forgot his name already and I wanted Eddie to... Valiant. Eddie Valiant. Okay. Uh, so Eddie Valiant, who has a... Mm, sorted history with Toontown, with literal cartoons in Hollywood, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah we're in Hollywood. Uh, has uh, Is hired by a studio exec to uh, follow uh, a tune begrudgingly, and he does, but he uncovers a larger um, a larger plan that has been set afoot that nobody realizes. Yeah, that's good. 
Uh, this was originally supposed to be a sequel to Chinatown, the original script. I mean, there is the book. Well, so what happened was the original screenplay for this was called Cloverleaf. And they had the rights to Who Censored Roger Rabbit, which right. was a much darker book. Have you read it? Not since college. Okay. Yeah. I I was I was gonna reread it, but I ran out of time. Yeah. Um it it is it is so different that yeah. you're like these are just two entities. Right. Just to say it was inspired by the like who framed Roger Rabbit was inspired by who censored Roger Rabbit is like Yeah. <laughs> it, they they did it based on the name of Roger Rabbit. The original script to Cloverleaf was Jake Geddes, Nick uh Nicholas Cage, Jack Nicholson's character from uh Chinatown having to clear the name of a Buster Keaton style comedian movie pic picture actor whose femme fatale wife and in the the script the wife is actually pretty evil and having an affair with the judge okay so so that was the script and then they're like we can't get Nicholson he's way too expensive he's doing Witches of Eastwick and Zemeckis basically I think I think it was him and Bob Gale, the guy who did Back to the Future, rewrote the uh, script. Uh, according to IMDb, it's Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman who wrote the screenplay. I think they wrote the original. Got it. Well, Zemeckis directed it, so yeah. It Z Zemeckis, I believe, adapted it. But yeah, those guys technically get the screenplay credit. Pretty sure that they just like rewrote the name of Jake Geddes to Eddie Valiant. And did you look up all of the people who turned down the role or or I have done zero research on okay. this. Okay. I'm so sorry. No. I was just like Oh, no, it's fine. This I is was like, this is my I'm bread being... and butter, Johnny. This is where I get to shine. I was like, I'm the guest this time. Yeah. <laughs> so the person who was offered and turned it down and kicks himself to this day is Eddie Murphy. Oh, that'll be a very different movie. It would. And then uh, Bill Murray was the first choice for Zemeckis and Spielberg. They wanted Bill Murray, and he never got the offer. He was doing Scrooged instead. And when he found out in the trades that he was offered the role, he was in public and he screamed. That's weird that like, yeah, uh, even he's a weird choice too because there's something about Bob Hoskins that I just, he's just the character. Yeah. Like, granted, I like you have watched this since childhood. So it's forever ingrained that it is Bob Hoskins. But like, I don't know. He seems a little, I don't want to like speak ill of the dead, but he um, he's he has that look about him that he would be. Yeah, it, like like um, his accent work was great in this. Mm -hmm. He he feels like he would be a P.I. 
in some sort of, you know, yeah. um, film noir that so this is supposed to be. The last two people, one makes total sense. The other one makes no sense at all. Which one do you want first? Total sense or no sense? Mm, I'm going to, let's do with total sense first. Harrison Ford. Oh. Harrison Ford makes a lot of sense. And this is around the time where he gave a shit. So, yeah. I think he was doing Working Girl, which but, makes like, me laugh. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. th- there, th- there's the brief period of time where Harrison Ford actually cared for work for acting and then he stopped. I think that stopped like after The Fugitive in like 93. Yeah. I think he was like, I'm I'm out. Um, And then the one that made no sense is Chevy Chase. Oh, no. I would would rather Eddie Murphy. No, I mean, like if we're going with comedian, I mean, I would rather Eddie Murphy over Chevy Chase. But (laughs) hell, I would take Steve Martin. Yeah. Like, yeah, I well, now that you say Steve Martin, I feel like he he also has like that vibe and look. Well, he was doing Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid at this time, which if you've never seen that movie. Basically, he is in a film noir. He's playing this type of detective. It's in black and white. And the director just inserted him into old. 1950s Warner Brothers film noir movies so it's basically the same yeah it's it's kind of great you should see it you okay. would love it yeah um, is it serious though or no, it's is a comedy it... it's a oh, comedy okay. so basically it's dialogue from those movies and then he's adding jokes to it got it interesting yeah i'm intrigued yeah and i think with this film bob hoskins was brilliant Like, this is how I found out about Bob Hoskins. Like, the two movies that I watched the most were this and Hook. And that's just Bob Hoskins. I mean, I was going to say Hook as well. Yeah, because... He's the ultimate Smee. Hook, he... Is he using his real voice in Hook? I can't remember. He is, yeah. Okay. That's his real... Yeah. I mean, with the... By real voice, dear listeners, I mean... His real accent. He's British. Yes. So... Um, like knowing, I I mean, he's I Manchurian. He, I feel like he did a fantastic job hiding it for this movie, masking it. You know, doing his job basically. Yeah. Um, because I, it's one of those things where I feel like younger John wouldn't even like recognize his voice if he were to talk. Be like, I don't know who you are, but that's not your voice, good sir. Yeah. Yeah, he he's really good in this. I mean, he uses the same voice in this that he does in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Mario Mario. <laughs> and uh Charles Fleischer as Roger Rabbit. And other voices. He's three other voices in this. He's Roger Two Rabbit. The weasels. And Roger Rabbit, or is he somebody No, else? no, he's one of the weasels, and he's Benny the Cab. That's it. Okay. Yeah. The, I, watched, the... I bought this on Prime, so they have the little x-ray, and yeah. so you see Charles Fleischer, Charles Fleischer. <laughs> I'm like, how many voices have you done? Granted, yeah. that's what they do for a living when you're a voice actor. 
I don't think it counts for because he's two. He is two of the weasels. He's not the one you think he is. You think he's the one like, all right, Valiant. He's wait, not the main one. He's that the... that Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, I think he's the green suit one. Yeah, because he's doing Chico marks. And maybe the the dumb one. No, no, he's the one in the straight jacket who's he's... who who only laughs. Interesting. And says bye bye. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's Charles Fleischer, and he is brilliant. And when you find out that he is not only Roger Rabbit, but he's one of the potential Zodiacs in the movie Zodiac. I haven't seen that movie in a while. He's so. the guy who has the basement. I need to rewatch it. When yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal goes into the basement. That's interesting. Yeah, and it, it's a, it's a, it's always weird though when you're like uh when you find when you see like voice actors in something like Tara Strong or Clancy uh, Brown in Shawshank and knowing he's Mr. Krabs. <laughs> that's why in Zodiac like when that scene's going on and he's like not many houses have basements in California and he goes mine does I just want him to go <laughs> I I just remember at the Oscars the following year that this movie came out Robin Williams came out to talk about animation and he was dressed as Mickey Mouse and he goes hello I'm Michael Eisner <laughs> and then he brings out Charles Fleischer who's wearing rabbit ears and they do like a bit for like a good five minutes and all I could think is man both of these men are on cocaine Oh, yeah. yeah. And maybe other drugs at the same yeah. time. Yeah. How old were you the first time you saw this? I don't remember. This movie, this movie, I feel like this and like Clue are just two movies that I feel like just happened to me. You know, like I, I remember watching it as a kid. I just don't remember the first time. Yeah. Because, um, you know. Well, it's funny you mentioned Clue because Tim Curry auditioned for Judge Doom. I can see that. And his I, yeah, his audition was so terrifying that Eisner, Spielberg, Katzenberg, and Zemeckis go, can you please leave? <laughs> like, Joke's on them. He played Pennywise. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the Judge Dooms are like so weird. They go from making sense to not making sense. Because one yeah. of them was John Lithgow. That makes sense. That, yes, because he had, this is um, after Twilight Zone. Yeah. 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 This is where, and like right before, not right before, but like really close to Third Rock. Where people no. will know him more as a comedian. ten years before Third Rock. Oh, really? I don't know when Third Rock happened. Or eight years. Ninety six was Third Rock. I'm good with time. You yeah. can tell. Wallace Shawn was considered for Judge Doom. I could, I could also see that. Yeah, but it would be more like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, Judge... yeah, it, it would have been like that. Rick Moranis was also considered for Judge Doom, but he did Spaceballs mm -hmm. instead. Listen, love Rick Moranis. I, I I'm glad. I, I hope he's coming back soon. Me too. 
Now, the one that makes sense, but they refused to give him an audition was John Cleese. Really? Is there a yeah. reasoning behind that? Because of Monty Python. They thought people would just think he's too funny and not take him seriously. I have to move my mic closer so I can stare this stare into the <laughs> the camera of my computer. Um, Don't take it going, out on me. <laughs> they were going to hire Eddie Murphy as the lead of this movie, but who's refused. not the villain, Johnny? <laughs> True, but like they were worried that it was going to be too funny. Was this this was after or right around his time on SNL, right? This would have been way after this. Way he after. Was, okay. He was 1980 to half of 84, and he left to to be in movies. Okay. This I would have been Coming to America. Which Got it. I prefer him doing Coming to America. And Trading Places, right? Trading Places was 84. Oh, really? It was? Oh. Yeah. I thought it was later. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. But I, I mean, John, but like, that's the, that's the thing with villainous characters you want. If you get a comedian, they can like understand it because they, I mean, they're great at dramatic roles because they understand beats and things like that. So Robin Williams in insomnia and in one hour photo is terrifying. Mm hmm. Yes. Uh, Albert so. Brooks in drive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can, um, hell, John Lithgow. Oh, uh, Trinity Killer. Yes, and he's in, um, is he in John Wick 2? No. No. He's in a, he, he was in another movie recently where he plays the villain, and I was just like, you are terrifying, sir. So, yeah. I'm sorry. My brain is also not working today. It's We're going to have fun. Yeah, this yeah, will be so fun. fun. Uh, so with the entire movie itself, the fact that it starts out on like an old cartoon after we have like this noir music start and it goes right into a Bugs Bunny style cartoon with Roger Rabbit and Baby Herman, who I don't know why but apparently when this movie came out, everyone was captivated by baby Herman. Who's in like two scenes. Yeah. He's in the opening cartoon slash the filming of it. And then yeah. he's yeah. Smoking he's his later. Stogie. Yeah. Later outside Eddie's Eddie's uh, office offering to pay it. <clears throat> yeah. Where yeah. Eddie refuses because he has yeah. morals apparently. Yeah, I, I don't get the obsession that people have with that character. I mean, like, I understand people's obsession with Groot, but I don't ups understand back in the 80s, like, oh, man, everyone loved Baby Herman. I guess because of the dichotomy where it's a baby, but he smokes cigars and sound and has the voice to, to match that. Which... Just because it might just be like a camp thing. Rather they, than like a serious. They offered the role to DeVito and he said no because they refused to let him screen test for Eddie Valiant. But like, yeah, okay. I could see that. Hard yeah. feelings and everything. Because they asked if he could, because he was friends with uh, Michael Douglas. They asked him 
if he could talk to Michael Douglas about doing the movie. He's like, no, you won't give me a test. Screw you. Go fuck yourself, movie. Yeah. I mean, I think that DeVito as Baby Herman would have been too on the nose. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he then did Space Jam. Yes. So we got him as a villain, as a as a interesting choice and a villain at that. But I mean, yeah. the cartoon itself is trying to be. I, I find it blows my mind that this is a Disney movie, but they were so scared. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't that they were scared. This is a Disney movie. But to get the rights to the Warner Brothers characters, they had to release it through Touchstone. Okay, now now that makes sense. But then I I know the um because I I remember looking this up or hearing about it for the years like like in order to get the rights to the Warner well because if if it's Disney in order to get the rights yeah. to the Warner Brothers they needed Bugs and Mickey to be in the same amount of time so they had the them together every single time. So they had the same. No. Really? No. Mickey's on screen for a few more seconds than Bugs Bunny. Wow. How but have you not picked up on this? It's when it's when uh Eddie's in Toontown and falling. Yeah. Mickey, no, Mickey I know. comes in first and has a good solid like 10 seconds more than or not even I don't I don't know time, but he has more time. More screen time than Bugs does. I thought it was because. Oh, it's because Bugs has more lines. Okay. That Bugs makes has sense. more lines. Mickey has more time. Okay. Yeah, because then there's also Daffy Duck and Donald Duck. They're equally on at the same time. They're, yes. Like, but that was that was the other caveat of this deal that like they needed equal time for their characters. Yes. And did you notice or do you know who the voice of the the bodyguard uh, gorilla at the Ink and Paint Club is? See, I saw the name and I didn't register it because um, I don't I don't know who that is. It's Thomas F. Wilson. It's Biff from Back to the Future. Shut the fuck up. No, Love no, it. I will not. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, because they, they were going into uh, the testing of the hoverboards, and Zemeckis just asked him to just talk into this microphone and read these lines. <laughs> it's great. Sorry, I'm also just looking up all like the the credits, the people, and it's um, amazing. Oh, Nancy Cartwright is the voice of the dipped shoe. Oh no. Yep. Uh we would have we would have known if if the dip shoe said I caramba. <laughs> and what that must have been one of her first real voice acting gigs. Wait a second. Kathleen Turner is uncredited in this movie? Yep. Weird. I hate when they do that cuz you're just like she didn't want to be associated with this movie. Shit. Because the idea of an animated hybrid movie, they didn't think they would be able to do it correctly. But no. they had, um, I 
think his name is Richard Anderson, a legendary animation director, said he would do it. And this guy animated for Disney, animated for Chuck Jones and, and Looney Tunes. And he's like, I'll do it, but I have to break the three cardinal rules of animation. So in animation, it's just still click, still click with with the the frames. That's how you animate something. He's like, we got to move the camera. You can't keep the camera still. If we're going to do this correctly, we have to move the camera as we animate. Holy shit. Yeah. That's insane. Like, to think about what went into this, because this is maybe the in like the introduction of computers for it but like there's only like three was... scenes where there's computer generation yeah so the rest of the time it's hand drawn or stop is... motion but and even then that like both of those take forever to do cuz the stop motion i is only the judge, judge yes yep that's it but the rest of it is hand drawn or like you said the uh, few moments of computer yeah the the few moments of computer for computer generation is when they put an animated eddie's face spinning around to make it look kind of like he is actually human and not an animated figure when the car is spinning out of control when benny the oh cow. yeah yeah because okay. of the dip yeah that's so wow this movie's great <laughs> yeah like it still looks good today like there are plenty of transfers of of high def transfers where it's animation and live action like the hd transfer of space jam looks like horseshit it looks bad it really looks bad and i think i think it's because that entire movie is one live action person in animation where this is there's only both worlds for five to ten minutes of toontown but everything else is it's because you have the animated characters in the real world yeah but i mean like even even then we go to toontown which is a, a layer i appreciate because like um, you have the so many genres of this movie where it's the film noir it's a detective story it's also a children's cartoon yeah like because one like, jo joke i remember on full house as a kid is we're going to see who framed roger rabbit for the 30th time <laughs> but and like you have um bob hoskins playing like you know the straight laced the he's he's the he's the straight man He's a straight man, yeah. And then at the end, he does the his routine to kill the weasels, and you're like, "This is fascinating this as a character silly. study." Yeah. Well, I mean, like taking it from a acting perspective, because you're just like, you get to now play a cartoon, right? I mean, it's silly because it's Bob Hoskins, a man who. I believe the year before or two years before it was nominated for an Oscar for Mona Lisa, which is a, a very dark movie. What? What do you mean? And, and then, then he's in this kid's movie. And apparently for three weeks after his son saw the movie, he would not talk to his dad because his dad didn't tell him he was working with Roger Rabbit and wouldn't bring Roger Rabbit home. Oh, Oh, 
I mean, I know Bob Hoskins also, he took Mario Brothers and didn't know it was a video game as well. Right. Yeah. And he, but like he did that for his kids. I like when that happens when you're like, I'm going to do this for my kids. Yeah. But is this really a kid's movie? No. <laughs> okay. No, I do not think this is a kid's movie. I think this is a movie for, for tweens to adults. Yes. Um, but I this was just, the I 80s when they didn't like, have tweens. <laughs> like, uh, this is still before PG. Th- no, this is during PG 13 era. Yeah, but this movie is PG. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it it makes sense why it's PG. Um, there, they, I, there's no like bad language. Um, you don't really, mm, you do see somebody get shot, but it's but- not gore but you also have it if anything there is way too much objectification of of jessica rabbit yes that's the that's the worst part about the movie is 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 basically when the weasels are frisking her and the the the, booby trap the booby trap (laughs) i'm sorry that is the best joke out of this whole movie yeah (laughs) nice booby trap (laughs) And I think that's about it. Oh, well, there's the scene where where she walks in and his pants fall down. Well, yeah, but like he's clothed. He's fully clothed. I mean, right. we could also talk about judges, how the judge's death is a little gruesome. As a kid, that so you mentioned what scared me more or what traumatized me more. Um the the dip or Atreyu. What traumatized me the most as a kid was Judge Doom coming back to life. Because, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, he's dead. Good. But then he stands up, and I was like, that scared the shit out of me. Is it? it, I mean, they never really explain what he is. Is he? I mean, he's a cartoon, but, like, is he in a human suit? Yeah. It's a, well, not a human suit. It's. He's like a Mrs. Doubtfire. He, so he's, he's just in makeup and things like that? A mask. It's a mask. Because, like, it, I mean, it's... it For first-time viewers of this, I'm sorry that we're spoiling all of this for you, but, like... You have had 30 years. I know. I know. But some people... Some people have not... known, Do not know about this movie, so... Actually, 35. This is the 35th anniversary of this movie. Yeah, baby! 88! Woo! so Um, yeah but but like the 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 details of them like he's wearing gloves he's wearing all this stuff but then he puts on the rubber the long rubber gloves to when he's using the dip and do you know why that is nothing well you think nothing of it at first but then you realize he's a cartoon and so he's gonna get a he will melt if he puts his hand in because his regular gloves are our fabric well yes but also they're covering his hands right um and they're they don't but i'm saying that it would go it would go right through the rubber i i read it as like the rubber gloves are at least longer and so there is no way of it going into because like i thought it was just like wrist regular wrist gloves for that he wears have you ever heard christopher lloyd talk about his greatest roles no 
they asked him, they're like, oh, you've done so many amazing roles. What role like just mesmerized you? And he just goes, Judge Doom. Holy fuck. <laughs> well, because he went, he also went, I mean, talk about acting. He went to places with this. Like he's, he's the villain and you don't know why until obviously the ending what's going I mean, on. You know that pre- he's the villain right away. <laughs> no, but you don't, but like, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, it's not like, um, like scar in mm-hmm. the lion King where, you know, his intentions right away. You don't really know this because it's also film noir, but also like, um, the freeway idea is bananas, but also you're like, this happened. So who cares? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then he's a cartoon and you're like, this is like weird. Like that ending fight where he's bouncing all over the place and um, embracing his cartoonness. You're, it's wild. <laughs> and this, this is right after, well, not like close to um, Back to the Future because that was 85, 84. 86. It was 85. So he did this in between two Back to the Future movies. Actually, so, technically three because they filmed Back to the Future parts two and three together. So he people just saw Back to the Future. They know of him as Doc Brown, who is kind of a kooky fun-loving character, and now you're seeing him play the villain. His three biggest roles he did back to back. He did Doc Brown, then he did Judge Doom, and then he did Uncle Fester. Well, and then he, but before then he that, did Camp he was Nowhere. Professor Plum. Yes, huh? I said, and then he did Camp Nowhere. Um, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, no, it's so so. In the eighties, he was Professor Plum. Then he did Star Trek, and he was a Klingon. Then he was Doc. Then he was, <laughs> or he was Doc at the same time he was in Buckaroo Banzai, and then Judge Doom, like. He has he, a fascinating career. He really does. I loved him in the movie Nobody. He was Oh great man. Bad. It's him in in uh Odenkirk and it's the Rizza, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, him him and the Rizza taking out machine guns. I'm still waiting for their sequels or spin-off. Or spin-off. To they need like a Hobbs and Shaw where they're just Well, cuz they they set it up at the end of it yeah. and you're like I want it. Like, just just give me a wild shoot him up. Uh, did you see where he recently was? Christopher Lloyd was in your neck of the woods. He was in New York? Yeah. He he went to the preview for Back to the Future the musical. That's the pre- the previews that, it opens on June. It? Yeah. Oh. It okay. opens on June thirtieth. You've talked about this on your podcast, and haven't you talked about Who Framed Roger Rabbit for for musical scenes for scenes? No, uh, it was an option when I when I was doing episode fifty, um, because of Jessica Rabbit's song. Um, but yeah. I didn't realize Which, I that's forgot, Amy Irving. But like, I forgot how musical this movie, like how 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 much music is in this movie. Yeah, the musical have, tells a story. Well, it's a noir. The music has to tell the story. Well, there's that, but I mean, like, there's a song. There's a lot of songs. Like, there's the Tune Town song. Uh, there's Jessica's song. Uh, Roger, S- Roger, and then um, Eddie sing. 
a similar song. Merry Go Round Broke Down. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, they, I think, does Eddie, is Eddie's version different lyrics? Yep. And, but like, I love it when he's doing it and he's trying to do a rhyme and, uh, you know, Jessica and Roger are tied up and Jessica's Helping like, them. this is it. This is the rhyme. <laughs> You're running out of time. So, ah, uh, this movie is great. I mean, I can see why it could be classified as a children's movie, but I don't think it's a children's it's movie. It's not. I mean, let's talk about uh, Jessica's song because there is a guy who every time I see this movie... When she pushes the guy's face, you know which guy I'm talking about? Not Stubby K and not not Bob Hoskins. It's the third guy, it, or technically the first guy, who is just looking at her like, huh? <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't remember that part. Yeah. Well, the but... first guy who she pushes him back in his chair, the look she he gives her, it's like, I don't know what. Why don't you do right like some other man do? Get out of here and get me some money too. Like, it's either like he's a serial killer or he's in love with her, or which both. those two go hand in hand. Yeah. I mean, the the interesting thing about her character is although, yes, she is the femme fatale and they like over-sexualized her, mm-hmm. um, I feel like she's always in control of herself. Yeah. Like, like um, that scene with Eddie in the, in his apartment like she's not coming on to him it that's just her yeah like as she said she's not bad she's just drawn that way <laughs> shut up but like <laughs> but i feel like you know um much like roger is a zany character who gets on my nerves sometimes i feel like jessica is just the bombshell the femme fatale and like she doesn't know really anything else but she's all also in control of herself um because like she did that she uh played patty cake which save roger that that's how they you know in this world yes oh yes oh Hey, comfort, son. You're not the first man whose wife played patty cake on him. But the fact that patty cake is basically intimacy in this world is so yeah. bizarre. I mean, if you were to watch a, a a 40s noir, that scene where Roger looks at the photos is the in, like an infidelity moment. Right, right. They're, they would be smooching. They would, sure. Yes. Or, well, or more. It, well, it's 1940s. They had You're right. Yeah, they would either be holding hands or they'd be smooching. But like, that's what I like about this movie as a whole. Where like, 
you watch old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons and like, yeah, they make references of the time, but it's zany and funny and everything. This is making references to, you know, um, 40s noir, but it's still a noir. As I said before, watch Demand, Don't Wear Plaid, because you could easily do this and that on on Movie Deja Vu. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You really could. I'll talk to Shady about that. Yeah, you Um, could. Because, because like, it feels like the challenge was how do you, how do you um, mash these two very different genres you have noir and you have cartoons and and make it believable yeah and so i like i know that they're fake i know it's not real or anything but i was just like what (laughs) (laughs) sorry um but like you're gonna tell me santa's not real either uh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna have you call your parents on that one and talk to them they're gonna be Uh, like you know this you're jewish (laughs) (laughs) but like i don't i I mean you said that um the print stands the test of time from like all the reprint re-releases and everything i think the movie stands the test of time as itself well what what i mean by that the movie does stand the test of time but i mean like when you're doing a a transfer over a high def transfer, basically making it look cleaner, it still looks exactly like it did when it was released. Yeah, but uh, uh, but to take that even a step further, like or a step back, I should say, like the story itself just works. Yeah, and that's because they they adapted it from an already existing screenplay and they basically they rewrote it completely but they used the essence of the original script and i think that's what worked because because what it was is there was no toontown and cloverleaf it was basically like know how buster keaton and charlie chaplin have like their own production studios basically yeah, they, they. I mean, did they? They're the ones who created the studio system, right? Or right, right. But they had a designated comedy studio for just comedy pictures. So instead of it being Toontown, it was going to be like where all the where they built all the stunt houses to do all of these really big stunts. It was going to be like the comedy, and he was going to tear that down. The uh, judge in that one. Oh, I like. I want this movie. I want this movie now. Like we got the two Jakes instead, and it was terrible. <laughs> and yikes. Nicholson directed it. It was bad. Yikes! But like, I mean, I feel like you can still. What would it, how would it be if there was a similar movie that came out, but it was like silent films instead? That's the artist. No, but I mean, like, there's a actual like world where there, there's noise and talking and everything, but they had to solve a, like, they have to work with silent film actors who oh, really can't speak. That'd be great. That'd be and cool. like somebody will have to like somebody will come in and hold up a sign for like the. I mean, that's uh, kind of like Last Action Hero too. Okay, I do love Last Action Hero. Um, 
I mean, I think because we we've avoided one subject long enough. Eddie hates tunes. Eddie hates tunes because of a line in this movie that I am convinced that no one can say with a straight face. And watching it this time, I noticed that they cut away. So I'm guessing that the actress who played Dolores couldn't say with a straight face either. A tune killed his brother and dropped a piano right on its head. You can't say that line with a straight face. A tune killed his brother and dropped a piano on its head. Right on his head. A tune killed his brother and dropped a piano right on his head. I hate you. <laughs> I'm it's also the, dead on the inside, so who cares? It's the funniest line. Like, you know she had to be breaking every single time. Oh, yeah. It's a I ridiculous mean, line. I mean, they probably all thought this movie wasn't going to have the longevity that it has because they're like, this is also early green sc- blue screen. Green screen. They had to use a blue screen on this one, but they also had to use animatronics too. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there's a, a there there were stand-ins for the uh, cartoon characters. Like they... Jessica has a stand-in credited. I don't know. Her, I don't remember her name, but it's not a real person. Oh, Jessica might be. Jessica might be. But for Roger Rabbit, it is a plastic Roger Rabbit cutout. Yeah. And Charles Fletcher was on set doing the lines. Oh, that's good. And he was dressed as Roger Rabbit. Okay, that's a little weird. But But like, then you look at Sean Gunn doing all the characters for his brother's movies, and you're like, oh, you are really licking the plexiglass. Why? I don't know. Because he was funny. When he was was weasel, yeah. You're like, what? But like, it's going to be animated. Why are you doing it? You don't have to lick it. Whatever. (laughs) I think it's so that they could get the saliva on the glass. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Dolores is like the MVP of this movie. She's the most unsung hero because she is so downtrodden. I feel so bad for her. Yeah, and like we're however many minutes in of this and we just got to her. Like, that's upsetting. And, but like, d- did Is she... It because you're a big fan of Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? Well, I was going to ask. I don't I don't know her by name. You don't name. know her? No, I've never seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I know Aisha. Oh, she was in Blade Runner. Yeah. But she wasn't... What's no. her name? No. She worked for... What's his name? Got the, it. The guy... Yeah. Oh, I really should look into her more. She, she she used to so growing up I had this and it came with the making of on the VHS and she hosts the making of. I really I enjoyed her performance and it's interesting cuz like um I think her and Eddie only kiss once and that's at the end of the movie. No. Oh. No, uh, it is uh, in the speakeasy moment. Their lips touch. They don't like actually kiss. It's just like a bleh. Because then Roger's there and they turn and see him. At the end of the movie, they lean in. But uh, Roger stops them again. Hmm. 
And I'm I was like, I don't know. Probably don't that know prevents PG thirteen. Or like the my thought went to like they probably hated each other and that's why they didn't kiss. Or it could have been one of the reasons like some actors who are married, like Hoskins loves his wife. He could have been like, I, I don't want to kiss anyone but my wife. Or one of them was a smoker and they didn't want to do that, which like is like on how I met your mother. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was something ridiculous, probably. Yeah. And I one thing that always boggled my mind is she never took the film out of the camera from Catalina, which was probably half a decade ago. <laughs> like, Yeah, but he has the pictures. He was developing them as he developed the other ones. Oh, uh, I thought he already... Okay, because in the in the beautiful montage that we get Eddie's backstory to just music, mm-hmm. which masterpiece, Vestry. like... I thought that you I thought the, the those Catalina pictures were in there. No, she said uh he said, Is there film in the camera? And she goes, Should be. Uh there's still film in there from our trip okay. to Catalina. Because there's that's fun. We should do that again sometime. Well, because there there was my confusion was that there were pictures of the three of them, uh Hoskins, uh Del- sorry, Eddie, Dolores, and the brother. Um the other valiant whose name I don't remember, but like you, you see them on vacation together and hanging out. And then, yeah, what's their relationship? Because it was weird. <laughs> in the photos, they're brothers, they're brothers. No, I'm talking about them and Dolores. Oh, well, maybe, maybe the brother had a, a girl that they just didn't have the time Daddy or the boob. money. <laughs> well, and that, and that's interesting too, because you get their backstory which is that they worked with their dad who was a circus performer so it's interesting what i i i mean there's some things in this movie where they remind you seven thousand times that the weasels cannot laugh because otherwise they'll die but then they set things up like the um Eddie, eddie valiant's humor dance at the end and you realize he you're seeing him be a clown you're seeing him follow roger's dance as well um and jog yeah so this movie has a is it's just great i mean i love it i think that as a whole like that there are so many things that could have gone wrong with this movie um yes they could have the studio could have forced Zemeckis to also direct the animation. And he knew that he couldn't do it. And he said, you have to up the budget and get me an animation director. Which they did, right? They did. They got the guy who used to work for both studios. That's why both. Uh... They all look good. And they all look like the 1930s version of each character, not the 1980s version where bugs looks different. And Mickey looks different in the '80s than they did in the 1930s. Hmm. I uh, I mean, it, it's also interesting for those animated characters that they feel like they're this is their this is a different world yeah. than what we know them from. So, like, even even Betty Boop when she shows up, she's 
She's giving you that sassy character again in the film noir. She's a sassy waitress, yep, or 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 something that gives the backstory. My and, my favorite she, moment comes from Betty Boop, is when his jaw drops and she, and she just lifts it back up. Now, she, and, does do you think she does that like every night to one person who recognizes her? <laughs> well, that was to uh, when Jessica Rabbit came out right because he's he's expecting a, another bunny yeah but um what, what was my question that i was gonna ask you oh the, uh in your extensive research on this this isn't the f this is not the first movie with live action and animation together correct this is the first one though that like that's successful that, they, that well that also uh moved the camera that they had to animate Right. Because like, Mary Poppins, Ben Knobs and Broomsticks, it and uh Pete's Dragon uh Pete's Dragon yeah. is is very it's very actor on blue screen. Yeah. Reacting and everything. Or they're leaving enough room in the frame for the penguins to dance with Dick Van Dyke or for the dragon to be weird. Which the penguins are in this movie. They are. They're the waiters and yeah. the and uh, the crows from Dumbo are the backup band. Oh my God! Yes, they are. And then there's also like a shit ton of original characters too, which I I liked. Actually, not really. Well, I mean, in like the Toontown scene, there's some like the um the false Jessica. That's original. That has to be original. That's not original? No. Who was that? That was an old June Foray character that I think was in one cartoon and people were offended. Got it. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but like, okay, so then there's a bunch of other characters. Interesting. I never, I didn't realize that. It's genius, all of the research they did because like they have, so this is going to get confused confusing because Charles Fleischer is the voice of Roger Rabbit but Max Fleischer was a very famous animator who created Felix the Cat, he created Betty Boop, he brought Superman to the animated world all of his creations are in here too but he has no relation? to Charles Fleischer, no none whatsoever, but he they have Warner Brothers with Looney Tunes and then they have Fleischer tunes, and then they have Disney tunes. Okay. Because okay. Felix the Cat is in this movie. I mean... Betty can... Boop is in this. Like, I feel like if we were to sit down and list everything. So then, is Baby Herman and Roger and Jessica the only original? I believe so. Oh, and, and the dum-dums. The bullets. The weasels. The weasels are original. So... Yeah. The weasels, the bullets. Dumb, dumb, got it. So the the ones that are like strict characters that are piv uh, that are the, pivotal. The ones moments. who have more than five lines of dialogue. Okay, I'm here for all of this. Yeah, love it. I also love that, like the opening. I mean, it feels like the opening is more, um, from what I remember, to be Looney Tunes. It I don't is, remember. Yeah. Like, 
like or that's goofy. If it felt, it honestly felt more Looney Tunes to me. It I didn't did. watch a lot of Goofy, so that is the, that's a whole different territory. Um, but yeah, like, you you have to assume that Baby Herman is Bugs Bunny and Roger Rabbit is Elmer Fudd. Yeah, or Daffy Duck when then yeah. they're doing Duck Season, Rabbit Season. Like, I mean, they do do that in this movie in a way with uh, Roger and Eddie. You don't. I, I do. do. I do. I w- <laughs> I do want it. Like, uh, I could talk about this movie for hours. I, I think I think the scene that always made me so happy as a kid is knowing that the bullets are also the old guys in Back to the Future Part 3, the, the three old Western actors who are like, you'll be marked a coward. It's really Dub, it's Dub Taylor and oh, I forgot the other two guys. So but, again, they they were like, "Hey, would you come in and just read this mm-hmm. line?" Yeah. Eddie Valiant, I haven't seen you in forever. Where have you been, drunk? So, talking about he Jeff- wait, he doesn't shoot all six bullets. He shoots four. He shoots five. Or five, but I mean, he doesn't shoot all six. So what, he that what is that what is still in the barrel? Going, hey guys, no, no. This is genius. There's only five bullets. There's not six. I miscounted then because okay, then that makes sense. Because in the film industry, you always leave one empty for safety. Oh, so with Jessica Rabbit, okay, I I love how you find out. She's kind of innocent. She's a very innocent person. Um, she loves her husband very much. She would do anything to make sure he was successful. And she, if you think about it, that's true because he is a famous actor and she is not. I always forget. I always think that she is an actress like he is. No, she was a lounge singer. She's a lounge singer. She's like Michelle Pfeiffer and Fabulous Baker Boys. Um, so then at the beginning of the movie, when he doesn't produce stars, is it supposed to be like he can't remember his lines? Okay, okay, I understand this now more. I was because like she does talk about later about how he's on the fall the downfall of his career and everything. And she just wanted to save it. Um, But that, so that's what it's supposed to be. Not remembering the lines. Interesting. It's because seeing stars is how he remembers his lines. Like the things that hit him on the head are his lines. Right. Right. I mean, I I don't know why it doesn't make sense because he's on the downfall, but he's on the downfall because he thinks his wife is cheating on him. Well, and but it seems fast, this whole on the downfall thing. And that's because R.K. Maroon told her that. Because the studio head says he's on the downfall. Doesn't mean he is on the downfall. Right. It's- and they but and they say that what he did like seven takes for the the scene. Right, but that's because his he thinks his wife is cheating on him. So it's like it's like how much time is actually like we're missing some key element here 
That's why it's a mystery. Love it. Do we need it? Do we need this extra um, information? No, I don't think we do. But do you want it? <laughs> yes. If, if we can get more of the movie, yes. They were supposed to make sequels to this movie, but none of them formed. One of them was going to be a prequel about Roger fighting in World War II. What? And it was going to be like a 1950s John Wayne war movie. Because, um... But you can't kill a cartoon. Like, do they have, like, dip bullets? <laughs> like, Well, so, um, there are two other books in the Roger Rabbit universe as well. Because mm -hmm. there's Who Censored, and then... Who whacked Roger Rabbit? W a c k e d whacked, and then who pu -pu -pu plugged Roger Rabbit? So like they also had material to work with if they wanted, but they wanted to go with this whole other thing, and and the they were gonna do another one. So that was gonna be in the nineties, and then in the late twenty ten uh twenty tens early twenty twenties. They were going to do another one, but the actors who they were looking at got canceled. <laughs> Is that... I remember hearing about that. Sorry, I'm looking at Robert Zemeckis just to see if, like, there's anything about... Oh, nope, there is a thing of Who Framed Roger Rabbit 2. Still, it's in development, allegedly. It's never going to happen. But then he has another thing called Tuned Out. Which is an an animated adventure comedy family fantasy movie that uh, TV series. Ah. Uh, the IMDb blurb is: "And every man begins seeing iconic cartoon characters who help him to understand the meaning of life." So maybe this is what the that reminds me of the Saturday Morning All Stars. Like the, do you remember back in the late eighties, early nineties, there was a cartoon. All these cartoon characters help this kid not do drugs. Oh, here for it. Yeah. But maybe that's what the, it's morphed into. Yeah. The sequels morphed into that. Because I remember the, the people, the person who was supposed to be the new Eddie Valiant definitely got canceled and is never coming back. Okay. I'm not going to say who it is on air. I'll say it off mic to you, but. Great. I'm excited to hear you it. You can probably figure it out, but yeah. I mean, there's been so many. I can't We'll, really... we'll talk about it off mic. Okay. But yeah, so anything we're missing before we get into bagels? Um, I'm... No, I think we covered everything. I, I, I also found it interesting in this watch that um, the people in the bar... They mm -hmm. spend a lot of time, like because they got uh, all got fired. They all got laid off from Cloverleaf. But like, uh, not that they the film spends a lot of time creating these stories around them. There's the one guy who writes on the chalkboard. There's the the um, the short king. There's the what is the Angela? guy with the, is the guy with the egg the one that jokes with Judge later? Yeah, that's Angelo. Yeah. Okay. 
So like, but like, there's all these people with backstories, and they are not important at all. Nope. These people. <laughs> no, but watching it this time, I realized that the bar was attached to the trolley car. Yeah, it was, and that like, everyone in that bar worked for the trolley car. So, so you have Angelo was a mechanic, and then the guy, and I found out his backstory. The reason why he can't talk, the guy who writes stuff down, he took. And you can see scars on his neck. Like a bolt flew off and like just cut him across the larynx. Oh, see, and I just thought he was deaf or mute. mute. I mean, yeah. Nope. nope. It's very like the backstories of all these people are very dark and depressing. I wonder now how long, how long is this movie? It's an hour and 44 minutes. I wonder if there is a two hour cut of this. Probably. There has to be. I mean, when you look a, at other... everything they had to do, when you look at the animatronics, to they had they built robots of Roger breaking the plates, Roger coming out of the water, and it's literally it's just a pole holding a plate, smacking it on its head, and it's just a pole popping up out of the water. But yeah, there when he's in the bar and the and. I just I, I I don't know I there's something I guess in my older age I'm becoming more of a curmudgeonly old man and everything because I'm like shut up Roger like no one <laughs> you have to I know you're a cartoon and I know that like you you say you have to do these things but you also your life is in danger so right. maybe I don't think he understands that. I don't think he understands. He does. He, he has to. No, no, I think maybe. he has. I think he has because he's like a child. I think he, he basically knows he's in trouble, but doesn't understand why. I mean, and but that's the whole movie. We don't know why. Yeah. Right away. Anyway, imagine if they framed Mickey Mouse. I imagine if this, happy. yeah, imagine if this was like a different character from yeah. either. You couldn't do it. You have to create a new character. So, how many yeah. bagels? Out of thirteen. Out of thirteen. Are you giving this a full baker's dozen? You know what? I think I'm gonna. I'm trying to disassociate the nostalgia factor of it because I don't, I try, I, I know on like my podcast, I talk when I talk about subjects and people, I, they have that look in their eye when I'm destroying their, their childhood favorite movies and everything. I think though, I think I would just want to give this 12 out of 13. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with 12 too. Yeah. I don't want to get a curmudgeon with you. It, it's not that there's still room for improvement, but it's still a great movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's, I don't know what the improvements need to be, but I feel like there is something that, yeah, there, there's something just off, but yeah. Um, do you want to promote anything? So, uh, I have two podcasts. One is called Life's But a Song that Scott has been on numerous times and will be on more that we are slowly planning. 
uh, throughout the year and next year. Uh, e- all the socials for that are at Buttersong Pod, and you can listen. Uh, and then uh, my other podcast is Movie Deja Vu, which we've talked. We, uh, Scott plugged mid episode for me. Uh, it's which where I've myself been trying to get myself on. <laughs> we're working. We're working on it. Uh, we the re- we're currently on a break because yeah. life happened and we're figuring stuff out. Um, but we will be back soon, hopefully. Uh, I don't know what I can't give you a date, but we will be back and. Um, that one the instagram and the facebook is at movie deja vu pod and the twitter is at movie deja vu um no pod added to it and you can listen to them anywhere you're listening to this and i have two other podcasts i have one scary met stabby which uh is our mini series that i do with christopher brown on zero science that comes out in october we've already recorded two episodes um, for October, and we got three more to do. And then I have Hell is a Musical with Lils. And yeah, you can find those Twitter, Facebook, and wherever you find fine podcasts. So, jo- Johnny, thanks for doing this. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me back. Happy birthday. Thank I hope, you. I hope yes. I didn't destroy it by no, 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 uh, no. talking too much. No, no, no. So, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye. Bye.